Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this compelling question. How did we end up with 50 plus genders and drag queen story hour? Hmm? Have you wondered? By the way, when I say drag queen story hour, I'm not trying to use a pejorative. Honestly, honestly, I'm not. That is an actual organization. Here is what their website says on the main page. Quote, drag queen story hour is just what it sounds like. Drag queens reading stories to children in libraries, schools, and bookstores. Drag Queen Story Hour captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive, and unabashedly queer role models. In spaces like this, kids are able to see people who defy rigid gender restrictions and imagine a world where people can present as they wish, where dress-up is real. End quote. That is on their main page. So, mamas and papas, how did we get here? Hmm, I'm sure you've been wondering. Well, today we're going to connect the dots. It's really important to understand how we got here. Now, this is the third installment in a series on truth that will keep going until, well... (laughs) We're done. Actually, every episode focuses on truth, but right now we are intently focused on the ways that truth is being attacked in our culture. There is so much to say on this topic in our crazy world. Uh, Now, we have established in episode 23, the first in this series, that truth was Christ's primary purpose for coming to the earth. And in episode 24, we discussed the enemy's primary tactic to destroy truth and our faith, his weapon of mass destruction, the lie. Now, in today's episode, we are going to examine another way that the enemy distorts the truth with words. We are going to trace a very prominent philosophical movement back to its roots, and in doing so, we will figure out how we've ended up in a world with 50-plus genders and drag queen story hour. Yep, like I said, we're going to connect those dots. But before we do, did anyone notice a different tagline at the beginning of the show? You get extra bonus points if you did. (laughs) Those bonus points aren't really good for anything but self-esteem. But, you know, give yourself a big pat on the back if you noticed. You are very observant. Usually, I say, welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids in an ungodly world. But today, I said, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. 
I'm, I'm going to talk to you in depth about why I felt the need to make this change in the next episode. God is shifting my perspective on, on parenting in a way that is bringing a lot of peace and freedom, and I want to pass that along. It's helping me sleep better at night. I want to share that perspective shift with you in the next episode. Believe me, you don't want to miss that one. Today, however, we are going to dig deep, (laughs) mamas and papas. We are going to expand our brains because you can pick off the fruit of a bad idea, but if you don't trace that bad idea back to its root, the branch is just going to grow another piece of rotten fruit because that is what rotten plants do. We've got to uproot this lie of the enemy, this bitter root, if we want to get rid of the bitter fruit. That's the plan. So let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All righty. Today we are going to dig into a little bit of philosophy. If philosophy scares you, don't worry. kind of scares me too. But I'll be gentle. I promise. It is critically important to see how the enemy is distorting words through an entire movement in the field of philosophy. If we want to stand strong in the faith ourselves, and if we want to protect our kids. Now, I might have mentioned two or three or... I don't know, like 15 times, this new research from Barna that says 58% of Americans and 48% of born-again Christians do not accept the existence of universal truth. That is truth that applies to everyone. So now I want to talk to you about the importance of universals 
as a whole, because they are far, far, far more important than you may realize. There is a movement in philosophy. It's actually a doctrine. It's called nominalism. You may not have heard of it, but believe me, you are seeing it everywhere in our culture right now. It's been around for a long time, like over a thousand years. It is the opposite of realism, which believes in universal concepts of reality. But nominalism says that there's no such thing as a universal. In other words, there is no such thing as a dog or a cat or or a cloud. We just forced these labels or names onto objects. But there is no real connection between them. There is no such thing as dogness or, or catness. And I'm not talking about the heroine of the Hunger Games there. I'm talking about felines. There, there's no such thing as cloudness. Nominalism divorces reality not only from the idea of universal truth, it divorces reality from a universal anything. Now, why should that concern you? After all, you're a busy parent with kids to feed and it's way past dinner time and you have a dozen baskets of laundry to fold and your carpet looks like it has stuff growing out of it. Oh, wait. Uh, that's just me. Well, anyway, I'll tell you why. Bear with me here. So you walk into your front yard and you see a, a tall, skinny brown thing with scale-like substances all over the surface and appendages on top with dangly objects that change colors once a year and fall off and make a big mess in your yard. You would call that a tree. <laughs> a nominalist that is a person who doesn't believe in universals, however. And by the way, a lot of people don't believe in universals but have no idea what nominalism is. They adhere to the doctrine without realizing what it is called. A nominalist looks at that same object and says, we have forced a label onto that object. There is no universal concept of a tree there's no such thing as treeness. There are just a bunch of things in our yard and everybody else's yard that look a lot like each other and have the same properties, but they aren't the same thing. We've forced a label or a name onto that poor pitiful tree or whatever you want to call it. Now, that doesn't make sense, of course, to those of us who live in a world where universals seem obvious. But why does that matter that someone wants to insist that there is no such thing as a tree or treeness? Let them think what they want in their happy little nominal world without trees. No harm, no foul, right? Yeah. But what about when your child comes home from school saying there's no such thing as maleness or femaleness? There's no such thing as a man or a woman. These are just labels we've forced on to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, wait a second there, Missy. Oh, okay, that was like a really, <laughs> really bad John Wayne impersonation. But, you know, you hear the record coming to a screeching halt. Suddenly, the nominalist denial of universal reality is having a very real world consequence in your home, in your child's closet, and in your son or daughter's sweet little mind. Suddenly, very suddenly, a universal concept or, or term or word has a vitally important meaning when your child says that their gender has no connection to the reality in their mirror. 
The reality stamped on every single cell in their body. The reality of their God-given purpose in life. Now, we are going to dig into gender and sexuality issues more deeply in a future episode. But this episode is a prerequisite for that. We must understand why universals matter. For heaven's sake, we can't even have gender reveal parties anymore because they're oppressive. If your child wants to chemically castrate themselves or, or when an adult surgically alter their body and start cutting things off because the meaning of male or female has become completely divorced from reality and they can be one of any 50 plus genders or, or no gender because there's no universal idea of gender, then suddenly words matter a lot and universal concepts matter. We need to know what we're dealing with here if we want to uproot this kind of toxic, bitter fruit. And we need to be consistent. There are universal trees, there are universal genders, and there is universal truth. The Christian faith is not a nominalist doctrine. A lot of progressive Christians are embracing nominalist ideas, probably, without even knowing where they came from. But the Christian faith supports realism. It is a faith that supports universal concepts in reality, universal truth being chief among them. And really, really, this attack on universals is an attack on our faith and on Christ himself, When the enemy attacks the idea of universals, whether that is a universal concept of a tree or a universal concept of sexuality and gender, he is attacking truth. And therefore, he is attacking Christ himself. Don't fall for it, mamas and papas. And teach the sly, lying tactic of the enemy to your kids. I'll give you a few pointers on how to do that in a bit. But first, I want to give you some legitimate objections to universals, or rather the misapplication of universals. This is one of the big pitfalls or traps we can fall into when it comes to universals. When we as a culture, or even in a smaller group like the church, pin an ungodly or inaccurate definition of a universal on someone or something, well... You know, we we give credence to those who want to break us free from universals. Universal definitions need to accurately represent reality, the reality that God created. Let, Let me give you an example of where universals can go awry and cause a lot of harm. In in the early days of the United States, what it meant to be a woman was very narrowly defined by both our culture and the church. A woman had a very specific role to play, and she better not step out of that role. A woman could not own property. She could not obtain higher education. She could not work outside the home after marrying. She could not receive equal pay for equal work before marrying. She could not maintain custody of her children if her husband divorced her. She could not vote. She could not speak in public if men were present. She could legally be beaten by her husband up until, like I think it was like 1920. And the list goes on and on and on. This is what it meant 
to be a woman for a very long time in this country. I am, I am so ashamed to say. Of course, these are all incidental or what we would call accidental traits of women, meaning that they were not inherent to the nature of being a woman. Nevertheless, this is how we define women in society. This is what a woman could and couldn't do, and there wasn't a lot of could there. When we put a false definition on someone, either from the church or from our culture, we put bars on them. We imprison them. This is not what God does. Definitions of universals must accurately represent reality, the reality that God has created. By the way, I I wrote an article on how God's word is liberating for women. That was a Sella Award finalist last year. I'll I'll post a link for you. This quote from C.K. Chesterton perfectly summarizes what universals should and should not do. Listen to this. It's so awesome. He says, quote, you can free things from alien or accidental laws, but not from the laws of their own nature. Now, let me stop for just a second here and break that down. When Chesterton is talking about nature here, he is talking about inherent universal qualities. He's talking about a tree's treeness, what makes it a tree. So he is saying that we can separate a tree from incidental things, like whether it is tropical or subtropical or, or coniferous or deciduous, but do not separate it from what makes it a tree. Okay, so let me back up and start this quote again. Chesterton says, you can free things from alien or accidental laws, but not from the laws of their own nature. You may, if you like, free a tiger from his bars, but do not free him from his stripes. Do not go about as a demagogue, encouraging triangles to break out of the prison of their three sides. Oh, dear me, is this man ever brilliant? Oh, I just love Chesterton. Um, You know, it is not the nature of a tiger to have bars, but it is the nature of a tiger to have stripes. It is the nature of a triangle to have three sides. It is the nature of a woman to have certain physical features and to have two X chromosomes. By all means, by all means, let's, let's free women from their bars. Let them go to college and get equal pay and have custody rights and, and let them vote. And for heaven's sake, don't beat them, but do not free them from their stripes, from what makes a woman a woman. So let's encourage our children to use proper definitions, to use accurate universals. Don't define something by its incidental qualities. Define it by its inherent nature. And don't fall for the trap that because the definition was wrong at some point in history, that we must free the tiger from his stripes. Because when we do, he will no longer be a tiger and we will no longer have a triangle. And that would be a very sad thing for students like me who needed an orchestra credit my freshman year and I wasn't qualified to play any other instrument. (laughs) That is one very far-reaching consequence of denying universals. You might not graduate from college, which honestly um, might not be a bad thing these days. (laughs) Just saying. 
<sighs> okay, so now I want to give you a real-life example of how you might encounter nominal ideology or the denial of universals in real life, because it is almost always far more subtle than someone denying the existence of trees, because there's not really many people doing that these days. So often, this idea of universals, and especially universal truth, comes up in discussions we have with people who think of truth more as a preference, as an individual choice, rather than a universal imperative from the one who created us. I'll I'll give you an example. Recently, I was having a discussion with a woman online that got a little heated, not from me, but she was pretty angry by some of my ideas. Actually, they they aren't my ideas. I get my ideas from scripture. This woman, though, I'll I'll call her, I don't know, Marsha, because I was a big fan of the Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So so anyways, so Marsha is a Christian who disagreed with me on issues pertaining to sexuality. Her ideas were very much in line with our culture, and she was very offended by what she saw as my choice to believe what scripture says about our sexuality. And honestly, I I was kind of perplexed by her anger for a while because (laughs) she believed what scripture says about some things but not others, which is really inconsistent. And finally, it dawned on me that Marsha doesn't see truth as being objective and factual. In her mind, there is no such thing as universal truth. She sees truth as being a preference. She has her truth preference and I have my truth preference. And in her truth preference, sexuality and sexual identity is fluid and decided by our feelings. That is what our culture says. Marcia has a nominalist view of life. And therefore, truth is subjective for her. So in her mind, I was forcing an oppressive label onto someone if I believed who we love should be determined by the God who designed us and that a person's gender should correspond to their anatomy and and not their feelings. Mind you, mind you, she was digging around asking what I believed. I I wasn't trying to preach. I wasn't offering unsolicited opinions. (laughs) So because she asked, I shared my beliefs with as much grace and compassion as I could. Still, you know, she was, she was very offended. Perhaps you've had some similar discussions with people. Unlike Marcia, however, I adhere to realism. I see sexuality as defined by the God who created us and his word, which is our owner's manual for life. Sexuality is not defined by feelings. Gender is not fluid or nominal. It corresponds to objective truths as seen in reality, in our, in our DNA and in the mirror. And I believe that professing a truth that denies objective reality and God's design will ultimately harm people. So given this drastically different perspective on truth, it's no wonder that Marsha was offended that I would choose a a truth preference that, in her opinion, marginalized so many people. Because for her, truth is a choice. But for me, truth isn't a choice. It, it just is. Truth is reality. It is fact, not opinion. I, I don't get to choose what 
truth is because I'm not the creator. And when we deny truth, you know, we, we end up professing that the emperor is dressed to the nines when in fact he is wearing no clothes. Mm-hmm. So to be clear, I can choose to deny truth, but I don't get to choose what is truth. I don't get to choose what is reality. In other words, I can say that that four-sided object is a triangle, but that doesn't make it a triangle. Now, you know, I need to be very careful in the ways that I choose to express truth. We all do. I've talked about how we can use truth as a weapon if we use it without love. We should never prioritize compassion over truth or compassion instead of truth. But we must prioritize compassion with truth. We must lead with love, then speak what is true. See see episode 11. What does it mean to speak the truth in love for more on that? But I hope that this is shedding some light on some conversations you might have had in your circles, maybe even in your home. You are in for some rather bumpy conversations when someone else sees truth as a subjective preference rather than an objective universal reality. And when someone sees truth as a subjective preference, they will start denying all kinds of universals in reality. So what do we do? How do we approach these conversations? How do we challenge nominalism or the denial of universals in our culture? Well, we can point out the inconsistencies of denying universals. They are literally all over the place. When it comes to the male-female universal in our culture, we can talk about how women's sports are literally being destroyed right now, like destroyed. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. By allowing biological males to compete. Yeah, go there. Women work their whole lives to get scholarships and medals, and they don't stand a chance when faced with the reality of competing against biological males inherently. Inherently, we know that this is not fair. We can point out that to deny our maleness or femaleness is to deny biology, as our maleness or femaleness is literally stamped on every single cell in our bodies. Our media is constantly telling us not to deny science, and yet we can deny the biological stamp on every cell in our bodies? That doesn't make sense. 
We can point out that our culture denies universal truth. It professes that we can each have our own individual truth. And yet, (laughs) if you deny the culture's definition of words like love, justice, and, and tolerance, and male and female, they will cancel you for denying their truth. Think of that. Our culture believes in subjective individual truth, but they want to force it on everyone. While as Christians who believe in universal truth, we maintain someone's freedom to choose what they believe because God maintains our freedom to choose what we believe. What a dichotomy. I mean, you would think that the subjective truth people would maintain individual freedom and the universal truth people would mandate uniformity. But it's the other way around. Yeah, these arguments are certainly necessary from an academic, philosophical, theological, and frankly, just logical standpoint. And certainly from a public policy standpoint, there is much to be considered there when it comes to the destruction of women's sports and especially when it comes to gender dysphoria in children. We need to fight for public policies that protect children from harming themselves while their minds and their bodies are still developing. So sound arguments, truthful arguments must be offered. The bottom line is that you cannot deny universals in reality without twisting yourself into a pretzel and and ultimately damaging a lot of people, a lot of families, and society as a whole. So we certainly need to offer truth in a compelling way. But, this is so important, we must remember that winning an argument rarely reaches someone's heart. I'll talk about this more when we get to the episode on LGBTQ issues specifically, although we, you know, we've talked about those issues a lot in this episode because where we are as a culture on LGBTQ issues is a direct result of the denial of universals in reality. But I must come back to our need to approach these topics with compassion. You know, I I remember one time I was walking across this parking lot, Nashville, Tennessee, and I saw a transgendered man in a dress. He had on pantyhose and heels. He was, you know, he was decked out. Mind you, you know, Nashville is thought of as the buckle of the Bible Belt. It is the Protestant Vatican. It's the home of all Christian publishing and and Christian music. There is literally a church on every street corner in that town. And when I saw this this person, my very first thought wasn't even a thought. It was an ache. My heart ached for this this person, this precious person. You know, he didn't live in L.A. or San Francisco or down in the Keys where you might have blended right in. He was in one of the most Christian places in the world. And I thought of how hard, how brutally hard life must be for him. Because frankly, Christians are often big on truth and short on love. Did this guy need truth? Yeah, yeah, you know, I think so. But he needs love first, because without love, he'll never be able to accept the truth, and he'll never be free. 
So when I saw this guy, you know, I, I could have run up to him and explained how the philosophical divide between nominalism and realism has led to the current embracing of nominalistic ideas in our culture, which has led to the denial of universal truth and therefore universal concepts and reality. So people no longer believe in universal genders that correspond to our biological reality. But, you know, um, I, I don't think that is what he needed to hear. I, I don't think... That would have helped. As a matter of fact, I know it wouldn't. No. What this guy needed, and really all I wanted to do was to embrace him and tell him that God loved him just like he is. Because God does. You know, honestly, I was literally overwhelmed with compassion very, very suddenly in that parking lot. And what I can only describe was a, a supernatural way. And I think God was giving me a tiny glimpse of what he feels when he sees someone struggling with with their identity. What this person needs, what everyone needs, no matter what they're struggling with, is Jesus. You know, you know, I love it when you're teaching a, a group of kids at church and you ask a question and no matter what the question is, some kid, usually more than one kid, shouts, Jesus! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus as the answer to whatever our struggle is. If we can introduce someone to Jesus who is truth, he will lead that person into all truth. And truth is what sets us free. So as parents, we need to teach our kids that Jesus is truth and truth is universal. And therefore, there are universal truths all around us. There are trees and clouds and cats and dogs. There are boys and girls. These aren't just names that we forced onto things and to people. They are truths that correspond to reality, the reality that God created. Equally true is the fact that there is a God who loves us, no matter what we believe or what we do. And because God loves us, he wants us to walk in the truth, because when we don't walk in the truth, we hurt ourselves and others. And ultimately, he loved us enough to hurt himself to die for us so that we could be free. The best thing you can do in a personal conversation with someone who doesn't believe in universals or, or universal truth is, is point them to Jesus. And pointing someone to Jesus starts with loving them like Jesus. So let's teach our kids what is true and let's teach them to love like Jesus. Whew. You know, <laughs> this has been a pretty heady and heartfelt episode. And you have hung in there with me to the end, mamas and papas. More more bonus points coming your way. Now, in the next episode, we are going to take a breather, folks. I think we need one. I'm going to share with you this liberating perspective shift on parenting that has led me to change my tagline and ditch $75 worth of brand new business cards. Yeah, mm -hmm, that happened. So this next episode is going to bring some much needed truth to your perspective on parenting, and it will help you sleep better at night to boot. 
You don't want to miss it. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, just a thought. Uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is katherinesegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you Your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Catherine Seegers, visit her site, katherineseegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.